Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Parish offered one of the best covering the Ole Miss Rebel Athletic Program, particularly football, for the Daily Journal. Parish tonight, LSU and Ole Miss get this thing going. And I was saying earlier, I don't think there's any team in any conference among Power Five conferences that opposing teams get more up for than LSU. It's just something about them. I mean, we know Alabama's got two rivals, Auburn and certainly uh, Tennessee. Uh, you know, Auburn is the same way with uh, Alabama and uh, Georgia. Uh, you can go down the list, but it's just something about when Ole Miss comes to town. And you tell us, Parrish, I mean, the, the Egg Bowl is, re- is, is as big as it gets too, but it's just something about Ole Miss fans get up. I don't know if it's more, if it's different, but when they play LSU, it's it's some uniqueness to it. Oh, I think you're certainly right, and it goes back so such a long way. When you're looking at the '50s and the '60s, Deke, and you get get those old media guides and look at those games, and you know, so many times both of these teams were ranked in the top ten, or, or certainly at least one, and and just so many uh, spirited games and lots of passion back then, and and it's just carried over. There there are certainly a you know, a lot of uh, Ole Miss fans. Uh, you mentioned the Egg Bowl. It has it has grown, certainly, uh, through the years since that time. And, and that's a huge uh, rival, Mississippi State, uh, for Ole Miss. But uh, so many Ole Miss fans are still so very passionate about uh, the LSU rivalry. Parrish, Ole Miss is 3-3, three and three, LSU is 5-2. and two. They saw Mississippi State kind of manhandle LSU, and then they also saw Troy go into Tiger Stadium and come out with a, a really great win. How's Ole Miss confidence right now going into this particular game, especially after LSU's went on to Florida and taking the win home from there and then beating Auburn here? Yeah, I think the confidence for Ole Miss is better than it was two weeks ago, but uh, I don't think it's really where it needs to be. I think they could really get there by having a good showing against LSU tonight. Look, this is a team that was – you know, went to Alabama where it was not expected to win, but uh, just really didn't compete well and lost 66-3. to And, you know, the week before that at Cal, they lose a game that was very winnable against a Pac-5, excuse me, against a, a Power 5 opponent on the road. So many chances to win there, and they just couldn't get uh, over the hump and couldn't make the plays. You know, I think the Vanderbilt game helped, but look, they understand that there's a difference right now between Vanderbilt and and the upper echelon teams in the conference. And, you know, I think uh, confidence-wise, uh, you know, they're, they're better than they were. But uh, if they could have a good showing tonight, I think that could really be a lift for Ole Miss. Paris Alford is our special guest covering the Ole Miss Rebels uh, for the Daily Journal. Paris, now, I said three, four receivers. And when you look at Ole Miss, I mean, you can you know pretty much be afar and you say, wow, 35 receptions, 24 receptions, 25 receptions, 28 receptions, 19 receptions. Uh, we know about Laquan and what he did, tremendous, or I think one of, the, one of the best receivers this conference has seen in quite some time. But as far as a group of receivers and the way the ball is being distributed, I don't know if I've seen Ole Miss have this uh, this early in a, in a quarterback's career across the top. You can look at the SEC numbers. You can look in SEC games, overall games, Ole Miss versus their opponent. This is as much of, a, you know, LSU and 
I don't know who you could pair him up against in a bowl game looking down the line, but it's going to be hard-pressed for me to see a team that puts together a set of receivers that the ball has been distributed to on more of a fair basis than what they're going to see today in Ole Miss's receiving court. Yeah, Hugh Freeze, when he was still coaching here, really targeted wide receiver, really recruited hard to that position and just brought in a lot of talent and athleticism, as you mentioned. Just, you know, four-star guys that are there, and they don't have that at every position. But this is a very, you know, deep and athletic group. And and while the, the group is talented, and, and, and you do have the numbers that you mentioned and the ball being spread around, A.J. Brown has clearly been the best. I mean, he is the guy that uh, Shea Patterson has the most chemistry with, the most trust, and and that's just evident in the plays that he makes and the number of targets that he gets. And, you know, he is their guy among the wide receivers that is most likely to break a tackle and, uh, and, and turn a good gain into a great gain. So, you know, lots of talent there, but it is A.J. Brown that stands out in the group. Harris, you, you mentioned Coach Freeze. Um, I, just personal question for myself. I want to know how is the locker room handling Coach Freeze, you know, the, the actual firing of Coach Freeze or and, um, and the new interim head coach right now, and then what's the, the search looking like right now for Ole Miss as far as the new head coach? Well, let's get the back half of that first. The search is just kind of quiet right now because, uh, you know, it's, it's still midseason, and they have hired a search firm, and certainly they're doing background checks on people and uh, – you know, making those sort of contacts and, you know, trying to find out who might be interested in that sort of thing. Just a lot of uh, administrative work in that regard right now. As far as the locker room, you know, uh, Hugh Freeze had the support of his players. You know, they, they did not uh, want to see that change. I think they were as surprised by it as, uh, as everyone else, you know, with all of the NCAA stuff going on and the investigation. You know, Ole Miss was fully supportive of Freeze in terms of his compliance with the NCAA and and, uh, mm-hmm. and all that that entailed with the investigation. It was mm-hmm. the phone records and the escort service that necessitated the change. Now, after you have the change, you could not have a better guy from a team standpoint to move into that position than Matt Luke. I mean, you know, you talk about an Ole Miss guy through and through. That mm-hmm. that really is Luke who grew up in an Ole Miss family. His father played here, then he played here, was a captain on Tommy Tupperville's teams. You know, basically, he's been around so long, this will be his 15th Ole Miss LSU game tonight. <laughs> wow. so he's really been around, and uh, he's a player's coach, and they love him, and he really appeals to them, and you know, has their trust. So in terms of how the locker room has handled it, I think it has handled it about as well as it could because of Matt Luke. With Paris all for getting the latest on the Ole Miss Rebels. Now Paris looking on the defensive side of things. This Rebel Club comes in here, and there have been spots in which they play well, particularly the second half against Auburn. I want to say they outscored Auburn 20-6 to down the stretch. So I'm sure they're still looking to see when can they put together a stretch along a maybe hey maybe an entire half, three quarters or something. They've played good in spots, but far from playing a complete game. Yeah, they have played well in spots. I think that's a very uh, accurate description of where they are defensively right now. But the problem has been giving up explosive plays in the run game. I mean, you can look at the numbers and see what about the 220 or what not 230 rushing yards a game allowed you know Alabama and Auburn both rushed for over 300 yards on this team but uh, you know this is a group that you can see them 
you know, in the run game, give up three yards, two yards, four yards, four, and then all of a sudden it's 50. You know, Vanderbilt had uh, had four runs of uh, 25 yards or more, you know, three of them over 30 yards. I mean, that, that's the kind of thing that uh, that they just have to have to limit. I mean, you can't give up plays like that and be competitive. It is so deflating to uh, to get a team in third and long or, or third and five and, and give up a play like that or you know it, it, but that's 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 the big issue with this defense right now as far as the passing game goes you know they have given up a lot of uh, underneath yardage but uh, for the most part uh, they've been able to defend the deep ball pretty well but they've got to limit those explosive runs. Uh, senior outside linebacker Demarcus Gates uh, leading the team in total tackles. He's got five four loss and two quarterback sacks. Does it start with him? Paint us, paint us a picture, Paris. Give us, you know, who's the leader. I know it's always a, a pretty good sign when uh, a linebacker is your leading tackler. Not a good sign when the defensive back is your leading tackler. But take us through wh- where the strong points are on this defense. Where where they lean on what they count on the most defensively. Yeah, Gates has been good. He's rangy and he covers a lot of ground. Where they've been weak has been middle linebacker and kind of being out of position there. But I think they've been pretty good along the defensive line. And, uh, you know, a guy, a couple guys to keep an eye on. Marquise Haynes uh, really had his best game of the season last year. Now, he set the career sacks record. It hasn't been a great year for Marquise, but he had uh, three sacks, three and a half tackles for loss against Vanderbilt. Really put a lot of pressure, forced two fumbles. You know, they need him to have a big game tonight. Uh, on the interior, look for Josiah Coatney, uh, number 40. He's mm-hmm. a guy that really kind of emerged in August camp and, and kind of a unseated uh, Breland Speaks for one of those two interior positions. You know, as the season has played out, Speaks has, Speaks has moved out to end uh, to help as they've had some injuries. But uh, – Collectively, along that defensive line, you know they have been uh, they've been pretty good, and, and I think that's uh, you know that's a place where they need to continue to play well tonight. Parrish, I don't know. There's so much we don't know, but particularly let's let's look in this conference for instance. Okay, Ole Miss is in a unique situation because they entered the season kind of with the coach. I don't I don't like the word lame duck, but a coach pretty much that you know unless he had some remarkable season that was you know in there. Given an opportunity, you know, get get some experience as a head coach, and probably will have to go somewhere else to continue that head coaching responsibility if that's what he aspires to do. Uh, versus an Arkansas and a Tennessee, theirs is a little different because these coaches seemingly are on on their way out. My question to you is, how does this affect recruiting, and what is the thought process with President Vitter, Athletic Director Bork, and everybody else, knowing that you have a three-day signing period, December 20th, 21st, uh, 20th through the 23rd, and it's a situation where, it's, okay, do, does this group continue out? Does the new coach piggyback off of the recruiting board that, you know, Hugh's staff and now Coach Luke has? It It's a little... I don't necessarily know if it's a it's in the favor of Ole Miss because they're already in that situation. We already know we're looking for a coach. When you throw that in there in that signing period all before Christmas, man, that, that's a lot to get to. Yeah, it is, and it's very different this year. You know, if it was the old way of recruiting without the early signing day, then you look at a team like Ole Miss and you think, you know, you could get a coach in here 
by the middle mm-hmm. of January and have three good weeks to get out your message and tell everybody, tell these recruits why this man is your hire and why he's going to change things. You know, it's different now with that early signing day. Now, Ole Miss being in the position they are, and you know, they'll be a little bit ahead of the game. But, the, look, frankly, uh, it's going to be hard. I think it's going to be hard for Ole Miss to get the coach that it wants because of the NCAA and the unknown of the sanctions at least at this point. And, then, you know, the more SEC vacancies there are, you know, the, the harder I think it's going to be for, uh, for Ole Miss. But as far as the timing, if they can pull that off and, and, uh, and get their guy in here, you know, before that early signing period in late December, uh, you know, I, I don't know if they can pull that off or not. I think it's just going to depend on how the early stages of that search go. I mean, it's, it's, uh, doable you would think you're going to have almost a month between the egg bowl and for Ole Miss you know they're not worrying about a postseason mm-hmm. game they don't have that this year you know so uh, I, I don't know just a lot of moving parts right now on that question but uh, you know there are a lot of challenges for Ole Miss as it tries to find uh, the guy it wants to lead them from here. Parrish Alford covering the Ole Miss Rebels for the Daily Journal. Parrish let everybody know how, where they can find your great work and how they can keep up with you on social media. They can find me at djournal.com, djournal for Daily Journal, and they can also follow me on Twitter at Parrish Alford. Well, Parrish, good to talk to you again, my man. I'm trying to get up there next week because I haven't seen Shea play since uh, he was you know, up in North Louisiana playing. I got to see him in high school. I wanted to come see him up there. And, uh, with LSU being off, if, if, my, if my Rebel connection comes through, I'll, I'll see you up there at the Grove <laughs> next Saturday. Well, I tell you what, I'd love to see you, Deke, and shake hands, and good luck to you guys. <laughs> All right, Paris, have a good call right. tonight, buddy. Thanks, Talk Paris. to you. Bye-bye. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.